We'll let fate decide, huh? I just happen to have a chance cube here. Blue, it's the boy. Red, faking Star Wars Radio. Yes, it's our gamified edition of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. This week, we delve deep into Star Wars games, video games, and the like. Ready Player One? We also have a featured interview with Matt Sangcomb and Mark Roebuck from the HardTimes.net, the best punk rock satire site on the net. We have another edition of the Fakimeter, Galactic Faking News, and of course, plenty of other digital crack to get you through your fix. Stick around, it's going to be a great show. My name is Storm Duper. Joining me today are my wonderful co-hosts, IG69 and Teeb. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hey, it's Teeb. What's up? I'm just so grateful that you guys have time out of your busy faking schedule to join me for this fantastic edition. What are you looking forward to most today? Getting through this podcast. (laughs) Well, this may be one of those never-ending ones, uh, like going down to the bottom of the Sarlacc pit blindfolded. You never know where the bottom is, so. Mm, catch them all, you must. Master Yoda's Star Wars Go, coming to a neighborhood near you it is. Use your Force powers to seek out and destroy the evil Sith, hiding behind every corner they are. Force lightning you must shoot and capture them. Into the detention center they must go. Trade prisoners with your friends you can. Win points and increase your level you must. A long time will it take. That is the way of things. The way of a grinder cell phone game designed to destroy your relationships and turn you into a mind slave. <laughs> Which team will you join? The way of the Jedi. Or that of the Sith. Choose you must. Make friends you may. Share pizza after your gym battles you can. Refill your body with calories after you walk a little bit. Raid gyms with your friends you can. Soon, no other friends will you have. Only those who follow the path of Star Wars Go will you talk to. When you walk, play my game you will. When you talk, play my game you will. When you poop, look for creatures to capture you will. All self-control you will lose. Star Wars creatures everywhere you will find. Do not underestimate the power of a cell phone game to destroy your social life and bring balance to the Force. So, there's this thing that we do on Faking Star Wars called the Fakometer. And uh, I think it's a little stupid, but I've been asked to introduce it again. So, the Fakometer. We canvass the internet and we find stories that people have supposedly gotten leaks. Uh, you know, people maybe that are working on the set of Episode 9. People that have maybe slept with some producers of Episode 9. Things of that nature. And then we run it through our fake meter 
and it makes all these crazy zany sounds. And then we tell you if it's uh, true or false, or if it's uh, real or fake. So that is uh, the fakeometer. And let me just add, I mean, the fakeometer itself is unbiased. I mean, we have programmed it with a very highly attuned algorithm uh, to judge the veracity of these leaks. So, Well, it takes up like three city blocks, too. You'd think the thing would be better and faster it has its and own not make zip code, quite actually. as much noise. Say again? It has its own zip code. Yeah, exactly. We're hoping to upgrade it to a Commodore 64. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now we have a Commodore 63, so we're, we're close. So this uh, fakeometer leak that we're going to run through our fakeometer uh, machine actually comes to us from a mole deep, deep, deep inside the Lucas uh, Lucasfilm story group, like in that cave thing where there's just the dark side on the island that Ray is trapped on from what, from what we've been told. Mm-hmm. And this actually might contain huge spoilers for episode nine. We can hope and pray that it does. Yes. So obviously most of the plot is going to be about Ray and Kylo and not a major shock. It's been been reported that they're, they're going to have to team up to confront another villain, a villain worse than anything anybody's ever seen in the annals of Star Wars. And this worse than Palpatine? Worse than what? Oh, I'm sorry. Worse than Palpatine? Oh, much worse. Worse than the Rancor monster? Nothing is worse than Jar Jar Binks, but pretty high up there. Well, this is actually a Twi'lek, so uh, an evil Twi'lek is always, uh, you know, welcome in, in for me. So twice but the this tentacles, is a... double the trouble. Yes. So this is a female. Twi'lek sorcerer called the Sorcerer of Ancrom. This sounds and supposedly like, uh... she has been pulling all the strings for Sidious and Master Plagueis, but nobody has really been aware that she's been been doing all this. So she's like been behind the scenes, I guess, influencing Plagueis and Sidious through some sort of force means, I guess. That's what's being revealed. Yes. Wow. So Rey is supposedly going to have a new friend called Nalen, who she's training to be a Jedi. And they're on a planet that has a lot of kyber crystals, and she's going to actually be helping this kid, Nalen, to make his first lightsaber. But in the process, Nalen, again, major spoilers, Nalen is killed by the sorcerer. And then that ah, is, is Nalen what... that kid from uh, the end of uh, The Last Jedi? He's like the chimney sweep. The broom boy. Yeah. Oh, well, wait, wouldn't Rey have to learn how to be a Jedi first and create no, her she own lightsaber? So everybody knows. She... she need to learn all these skills as well? No, she she knows. She taught herself. She was, she was up against a rock, and then she beat the rock. And so now she's she's a Jedi. That's how it works. She's official now. Yeah. She took out a rock on an island with a bunch of uh, manatee creatures, and everything was everything's fine. She's a Jedi now. That's how it works. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, is that so, is a question. Is this Art. set years after the last episode, or uh, from everything I've heard, it's going to be about three years after uh, uh, the Last Jedi? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a few years. Because uh, I think five. I wondered if they were going to keep up with that. Uh, let's start ten minutes after the last episode. 
kind that of. That would be um, horrible because then we would only see like three days in the whole life of Ray and Poe and um, uh, Finn. I mean, I, I think that just wouldn't do justice to their character arcs. Nah, it's fine. Well, they don't really have very much character arc, so they kind of just are. And then they have this really great ship, and then they just magically know how to use lightsabers and blasters and, uh, you know, cannons and ship guns and just all sorts of things. And well, the don't Force. Forget, don't forget that Luke, I mean, himself on board the Millennium Falcon was blowing away ships right away that same afternoon after selling his speeder on Tatooine and uh, seeing his aunt and uncle burnt to a bacony crisp on, on the planet. So it's not completely outside of... Uh, you know, Star Wars to do something like that. Well, she can take out three ships in one shot. I mean, that's pretty impressive, if you ask me. Definitely, definitely. So, so what goes on here? I mean, uh, this this Force Ghost. You said it was called the uh, the Sorcerer of Ancrum. What what ends up happening with with her and Ray and and Kylo? Hang on a second. The fake meter keeps jamming. I'm, I'm putting all this information in, and it's just too much information for it, and it's really <laughs> frustrating. It's 1950s technology, knobs and dials. <laughs> knobs and dials. It's not circuits or breakers or anything, you know. Knobs and tubes. It's knobs and tubes. You have, yes. you have to enter all the data via punch card. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, this takes time, so I apologize. I'm trying to do this and enter the data at the same time, so I'm trying to kind of feed the, the, the fake-o-meter live, and that's where some of the problem is coming in. You're not Amby Fakestress? So Ray encounters Luke, like just like she did on Ochto, but instead uh, he ignites a lightsaber, but instead of throwing it, he attacks her this time. So his eyes are red, and now she realizes it's not really Luke. It's this other, this uh, sorcerer, I guess. So she impersonates Luke. Essentially, yeah. So not only is she the darkest force in the universe, but she's also a transvestite. Um. Yes, <clears throat> she can. She can run with the Connecticut girl, Connecticut girls, um, indoor track team. From what wow. I understand, how kinky. <clears throat> yes. All right. Well, uh, you know, the one thing about it to me that sounds a little bit strange is the name. That's why I'm a little bit suspicious. The Sorcerer of Ancrum. It just sounds too much uh, like Lord of the Rings to me. Uh, the the. The Wizard King or whoever it was, the the Witch King of Ag- Agrabah, I think was his name. I'm just <clears> getting too much too much of that vibe from it, so I'm calling shenanigans. What do you think, IG? Um, <laughs> hmm, I, parts of it sound like um the, like a, an interesting idea, um because of course we have no idea where they're going with this last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to do something, and uh, maybe this is sort of a uh, like their desperate attempt to fix the story by just ignoring the first order and uh, resistance fight, but um, um, I don't know. I I, I think I, I think at least parts of it not not accurate. Again, like uh, Ray having an apprentice is pretty uh, ambitious. In only mm. even if it's three years later, like she's literally not even gone through the books yet. Right, and to <laughs> become a master in three years and get an apprentice. 
that's kind of a, a running theme. That's kind of a running theme, though, in Star Wars, isn't it? Where the Padawan really shouldn't have another Padawan, and they keep training him. And it's like making a copy of a copy of a copy, and we just keep getting more and more diluted crap. Well, Luke never had an apprentice until, like, the intermediate times. Like, he'd spent 20 years or so before he started his school. Oh, you're talking about original trilogy. I'm talking about the, yeah. In the, in the prequels, of course, yeah, uh, there's thousands of Jedi, and everyone gets an apprentice all the time. Yes. Except right. for Anakin, who will not be trained. Well, Anakin had an apprentice. Uh, uh, yeah, he had an apprentice. Um, uh, what was her name? Um, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah. Khan. All right, well, let's plug it in the fake meter and see what it uh, spits back out. I was going to say, before you do that, Duper, I just want to remind everybody that they can actually check out this leak on fakingstarwars.net. That is true. It's available for free up there. So, Yes, it is. The true villain of episode 9. Okay. And that will be linked in the podcast notes as well, and we'll put that on Twitter. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see what the fake meter has to say. Here we go. Do you want to do the honors? Uh, I don't. I, I don't actually. I'll, I'll let you do it this time. Okay. Uh, Fake meter says barftastic. So I guess it's a reference to this technology of the um, force projections. You know that uh, the sorcerer is using to project the you know holocaust holograms of different characters to haunt the characters that you were mentioning um you know as i was reading the article it mentioned that this is sort of similar to that barf technology used in marvel films the uh what is it the the binaural uh i don't know what you're talking about right <laughs> I, don't either. I don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> the bifrost binarily augmented retroframing or barf god i gotta work on that acronym an extremely costly method of hijacking the hippocampus to clear traumatic memories. Yeah, binarily augmented retro framing. So it's this technology they use in Marvel films, which, as you know, is also owned by Disney, to like help people get rid of like bad memories. I guess it's the the Marvel superhero equivalent of going clear. You know, if you're a Scientologist, like Tabula Rasa, like. They just wipe out all your memories, or just the bad yeah, memories. Yeah, I guess you don't so. Yeah, remember. isn't that like uh, the the uh, something of the, the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind with Gary? Isn't that the same kind of concept? Yeah, it's that sort of repressed memory sort of thing where you end up like cleansing and purging. And in IG's case, uh, there's nothing there to purge. No, hmm. no, I I go through uh, regular maintenance. Yeah. yeah, he can reset himself every week. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. That'd be handy. All right, great. Well, uh, interesting addition of the fake meter. You can get that article on fakingstarwars.net. Thanks for uh, thanks for showing us uh, that article, Teeb. Sure, it wasn't as painful as it sounded.
And we're back here at Faking Star Wars Radio, and with me today we have a couple of special guests from the esteemed website, The Hard Times, which, uh, you know, is sort of a cousin site to Faking Star Wars. They're a little broader umbrella in terms of what they do with comedy and satire, a little bit more established, as you would uh, probably imagine. Um, but with me today is uh, Matt, is it Seincombe? Is that how I say your last name? Not even my family knows how to say it, man. So just throw something out there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call you out on it. Fantastic. Well, um, tell us, how did you uh, start the hard times? I was a little punk kid, and I had a punk scene. It was called Punks, 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 um, and I went to a lot of punk shows. I played in a punk band, and I was interviewing punk musicians for my punk scene called Punks, Punks, Punks. Going to punk <laughs> shows, playing in a punk band, and then I had to go to school. I didn't want to because I was a punk, but my parents said I had to. So I thought the most punk major would be journalism. And I decided to take that uh, those classes because I thought it would be like my punk scene. And I really fell in love with interviewing musicians. And then I learned through my journalism school uh, news writing skills. Like um, I took a news writing class, copy editing, AP style, these sorts of things. Right. And I thought it'd be fun to mix comedy and punk with these news writing skills and make it a section in my zine. Um, I told my friends about it. They told me that it just sounds like an onion ripoff and that I was an idiot. Um, so I decided not to do that. I actually wrote some of the articles, and they said, these articles suck. You're going to get beat up. <laughs> so I put it off for a couple of years. Okay. And then a couple of years go by, and I was a freelance writer full time, which just meant that I was losing money very rapidly, and I was uh, feeling very uh, uh, depressed like and, and yeah. dismal about your life, eating a lot of ramen probably. And I thought – I'm going to start this thing that I always wanted to start, but I'm not going to do it as part of my zine anymore. It's going to be a standalone thing, and I'm going to put all the money I have into it. This was my thought process. I, see. Um, I didn't have very much money. I think I had $1,200, $1,400 um, to my name. I don't want to make it sound like a, if I ran out of that money that my parents would let me starve. That's, that was never my situation. But They would have let you um, starve anyway. I mean, even if it succeeded fantastically, right? I mean, And I think I put 800 900 bucks into it, and um, so pretty much all the money I had left. And I launched it, and it was immediately successful. Um, I launched it with my friend Bill Conway. He's a okay. talented comedian who I knew for the punk scene. And, uh, yeah, it was immediately successful and it took off. <clears throat> Millions of people started reading. I was able to get a job at SF Weekly. And then uh, eventually Hard Times became so popular, I quit that job just to do Hard Times full time. That's fantastic. Wow. You, you know, for every one story like yours, there's 100,000 of people that are still rotting in gutters and haven't been uh, taken to the morgue yet. So. I got lucky. Um, that's something that a lot of people I don't think they want to admit. Do you uh, think it has anything to do with your dashing good looks, or is it just your charismatic hey, geniality? Yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> I like this guy. Um, <laughs> nope. I think it's luck. Um, really? I think that there are many ideas out there, and sometimes they land and sometimes they don't. And uh, you just have to put in the hard work and, and make sure that they get their fair shot. And if they if you give them their fair shot and they don't catch on, pull that plug. It's a waste of time. Um but if they do catch on, you got to put in as much time and energy and effort as you can to make sure that they really become uh, an important thing that never goes away. And I feel like that's what we're building at Hard Times now. I see. 
I see. Well, it's good. I mean, uh, in terms of how faking Star Wars began, it's a little bit different story. I mean, we we are all huge Star Wars fans, and and we had kind of a narrow focus from the beginning, um, you know. But it's still it's still that idea of putting our heart and soul into something that that we love, and uh, you know, we doing satire, especially. I'm sure you know. Um, there's a lot of uh, you know vitriol that you get. A lot of people misunderstand, um, and that can mm-hmm. lead to a lot of you know highlights and great stories. You know, uh, sometimes lawsuits. Do you have any that you'd like to share in that vein? Um, yeah, I mean, when I first started the website, I didn't have my name on it because I was pretty convinced I was going to get beat up. I came from a punk scene where violence was pretty common. Sure. Um, and uh, I knew that people were going to take the jokes the wrong way. And uh, I didn't, you know, want to get wrecked outside of some venue. Um, turns out most people really, really like the website. And even when we uh, criticize them through satire, usually they're just happy to be involved. Or at least that's what they say. Um, we've had some people react negatively, but the positive voices have always drowned out the negative ones. We're very lucky. Uh, it's the only project I've ever been a part of where the energy that I put in comes back at me in a positive way, 10, 20, 100 fold. I played in punk bands where you travel the whole country and only 30 people end up uh, liking your band afterwards, right? You do 30 dates and you get 30 new fans. Sure, Hard times, sure. You spend 30 minutes and a million people read the article. So, um it's a very unique and powerful feeling. Uh, I feel lucky to uh, be a part of it. So, so what have been some of the biggest challenges as you've grown? I mean, over the over the last few what months, years? How many years has it been now? Four years. Four years. Okay. Um, right. The biggest challenge has been getting my boy Mark on the Skype. Going? <laughs> oh, hey guys! Sorry. Oh, he's back. Sorry. Hey, Mark. Oh my God. Hey guys. Let me um. <laughs> Now, this is podcast listening. Let me just uh, adjust my audio. It's working. It's working. (laughs) How many times I have not cried that, you know, trying to get my gear set up. I mean, (laughs) as you know, it's a learning curve. You know, the hardest thing about hard times is uh, you have to evolve or die. You always have to be hungry and hustling. There is no passive income. There is no passive anything. It's always you have to go out there and get it. You got to convince people to become advertisers. You got to change your editorial direction. You got to go right up against Mark Zuckerberg's torturous machine of Facebook that's going to choke you out until you pass out. Um, And you have to do that all with limited resources and with no one believing in you. (laughs) So, yeah, being an independent publisher is a a nightmare, but we triumph together. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. We put up with our other editors when they have technical difficulties. We just are glad to see them when they show up, frankly. We missed them. We're going to warm. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm sorry. We hope you didn't my, get uh... eaten by a random bear in the interim. You know. So, Matt, how did you meet Mark? I honestly, so this would have been about three years ago. Uh, I, I saw the hard times. I wish I could remember what it was specifically, which article, you know, but it wasn't so much that. It was just like in a quick time, I saw a handful of them get shared. So it was just like just saw what it, what they were what they were doing immediately. And just so quickly, it was like, oh, that's the coolest thing. And then quickly, I just like it being sort of having this DIY thing. Like, I, I bet I could, you know, doing stand-up comedy at the time, feeling halfway decent about where I was at with it. Sure. I thought, you know, I could probably figure out a way to submit. And sure enough, there was a thing on the site. So, yeah, I just, I guess, submitted and it went well and became a uh, freelance contributor for, uh, what, a year and a half or two? So, yeah, because then at, at some point through that stuff, through just contributing and writing for the hard times, I think, among other things, maybe it was – made known that uh maybe I, I skewed on some of the nerdier side of things that the hard times covered and so then when it came time to um 
come up with uh, with with hard drive, which is going now kind of the the, the video game slash pop culture Star Wars certainly. Uh, right. You know, uh, offshoot or side. I don't know. Not side, you know. What would you call it? Matt? Vertical. It's another, yeah, it's a vertical. Thank you. Uh, boss man, what's the right words for things? <laughs> you got you haven't read your scripture, yeah. man. Your Bible. Where is that? I know. I got a bone up. I'm like an Old Testament guy. It's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're talking about verticals. I don't know. It's like the no, ancient but, um, Jedi text. You know, Luke wasn't reading them either, and you know, we yeah, saw see, how bad you know things didn't, that. Didn't that for him. <laughs> but no. So uh, so then it was brought on to help uh, and become an editor when Hard Drive was launched, and uh, did that for about a year and a half. And at the moment, I just am sort of holding down a. Uh, a I just recently was. Uh, appointed. I'm very excited to be just a staff writer for the thing and just kind of uh, contribute on all fronts, which is great because uh, love hard times, love hard drive, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been hooting along the wild. Matt has been someone who uh, yeah definitely supported me. And comedy is such coming from like stand up. It's such a world filled with rejection, and it's just tough. Like there's a whole game. You know, it's like a lot of things. There's games you got to play. Everything else, and Matt has just always just been. Uh, you know, it's like the punk rock thing, just a very accessible DIY, like the best idea wins out kind of kind of in the in the ways that punk rock isn't complicated. You know what I mean? It's sure. just very. Uh, so I want to say something. Up. I want to say something because hearing that story, Mark, you weren't we didn't notice you as a particularly nerdy guy that we wanted to run the nerd vertical. We had you in line just to be the next hard times editor. Something oh. Mark Mark doesn't know about himself. Yeah, is this that, is um <laughs> Mark wow. has an extremely high hit rate for his uh, ability to pitch headlines. So if I pitch headlines, I might pitch 100, and maybe one or two would be good. And right. I think Mark is probably closer to 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay. Um, he's very, very talented at that, uh, and we notice it right away. Um, it's a really interesting, unique skill that I have been seeking out across the country, trying to find people who have this skill. I obviously have it a little bit but I like to surround myself with people who have it more than I do. And there's not much money in this skill. So we're this, we're this weird ragtag group of people almost trying to search each other out through the, the depths of the internet. Like, hey, man, are you into this? Do you like doing this? Do you like being satirical? Um, but yeah, Mark is a, a very, very talented individual. Um, one of my favorite headline writers, a lot of my favorite headlines from the entire website uh, come from Mark. Come right um, from him, huh? Um, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die, I was interviewing him for this podcast that we just started, and, and um, he writes for our website. And what's and the name of your podcast, just so our listeners can get to it? We started a podcast called The Hard Times Podcast and uh, with Max Sankum and Bill Conway. You can just check it out, any app store sort of thing. The sure. most recent episode is John Joseph of the Cro-Mags. Next week is Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. But um, when I was interviewing Keith, I was asking him about his uh his like start of comedy. I noticed he had a lot of similar ones as I did. So he, he first started telling jokes in between songs on stage to try to release the tension between the band and the crowd. That's how I started. He was really big into, uh, Monty Python and Andy Kaufman as a kid. That's like, those are my two big influences. So I think we're, it's not necessarily that out of the 1000 people who pitch, we find two or three who are talented. It's that we find two or three who are like us, you know, that we feel are talented because it's all subjective, right? Um, so it's been a really fun thing. I feel very lucky to have met all these people. Um, I wish that the publishing industry was a, a different way so that it could be um, – so that their talents could, you know, have more market value. Right. Uh, well, that's that's the way the world's going in music, music, I mean, TV, film, everything, right? I mean, content is cheap. And it's really about how you get it out there and connect with people, right? I mean, that's the new, the it's new crazy, market, man. right? 
it's crazy because it's you know there was at one point in hard times when everyone was making this type of content funny or die jumped in above average jumped in everyone got out of the pool man everyone just mm-hmm. said hey there's no money in this it's roger roger um <laughs> there's <laughs> no a lot instant of return here a lot of people wonder why there's not uh, a lot of good stuff out there and you know the economics of it are all up. the only people who are willing to even bother are a bunch of crazy punk kids with you know comedy and uh dreams and journalism dreams and just mm-hmm. people who like doing diy shit. um if it was I like it money, I, up. i've never even been good enough to play in a, in a punk band i tried to play guitar and it didn't work so it feels cool to be like uh <laughs> in a way this feels like less uh you know even less demanding than that in a way so it's been cool like uh along the way again as a kid I grew up in just the, the tiniest town, uh, so I didn't have, you know, I loved punk rock music, but it was mostly, like, this thing I had kind of, like, on my own while I listened to it and played video games and stuff like that. So uh, for that to somehow end up and then to kind of bypass the part where I never played in bands or anything like that, but now I'm here working on the, the video game articles, the the punk rock articles, and getting, like, in some cases, like, people from the bands to co-sign, like, oh, you know, acknowledge it, or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's mm-hmm. been incredible, like, having people from... Uh, uh, the bands, you know, like what feels like a dumb joke I wrote on my phone or, or on my computer in my bedroom or something to think that it got out there in that same world that these bands are in and are like, oh yeah, hell yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that, that's been cool seeing a lot of the support. It's like a so you were kind of like coming to this sort of a half as a gamer, half as a comedy writer, half, I mean, or a comic and half as like a punk. So you're sort of like this trifecta of different interests, I guess. So what has been more interesting for you? I mean, getting to talk about gaming or getting to write satire? What it, what would you say is like your favorite thing that you get to do for the website? I don't. Yeah, I, I guess it's been pretty cool. Like video games are just uh, uh, maybe if I had to pick a single, uh, you know, what I mean, if I had to pick one, I'm, I'm lucky to get to do it. Do all these things we're talking about. Which my favorite thing now is honestly just being as a position. I was so focused on hard drive for the last year, or so as an editor there. Now recently, just coming over to be a staff writer. At the moment, I'm a little more excited about maybe getting to take a few more swings at hard times. If we're being honest, now that I talk my way through it here, but. The thing about hard drive was I did I did stand up for so long and I loved it and I ju- I think I just am better at writing satire than I am doing stand up is part of it. But the other thing is like, you know, it's 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 tough to get a joke about Paperboy or something to work at a stand up comedy show. Either mm-hmm. you're super good or you somehow have like a humorous way to explain the thing before you are even like. And then anyway, here's the thing I thought about when it came to so I don't know, you know, just like the way that big comedy stars of which i was not one uh they have their audience so people like you know that have a certain you know whether it's like nerdy or this or that kind of sense of humor their their people come to find them we've again kind of in the way i feel like i've snuck into punk rock by way of a back door i feel like i've done the thing that comedians do where it's like oh now i've carved out this thing and if you follow hard drive you might laugh at our dumb paperboy jokes or something you know what i mean so sure that's sure. what's cool is almost um is like a cop-out answer is just like those things that are almost too obscure to you know just it's a super cool way to be specific and and i think more than a trifecta i just love a bunch of stuff we'll try to remember to put links for all these in our in our uh you know post for this episode and stuff but um this episode is kind of about gaming and star wars I man as you know the star wars community lots of nerds uh lots of different ways people get into star wars like myself i'm more into the film of star wars i got into it mm-hmm. because of the special effects when i was a little kid you know mm-hmm. i just love the story but um you know star wars has has really expanded 
in terms of being a property that that turns into gaming. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of controversy with some of the some of the gaming, uh, you know, things that come along. I'm not a huge gamer myself, but I, I do know that there are like these kind of you know gaming gates or comic gates or Star Wars gates where there's a controversy. Like mm-hmm. I think uh, EA had something with the. Um, what is it with like a pay to play kind of model or yeah, turn into gambling, with, right? So ha- yeah, have you guys, front. either one of you, taken a lot of material from these sort of controversies and how have you handled that? Dude, EA, dude, the Battlefront, I ordered, uh, I pre ordered like the <laughs> limited edition, <laughs> yourself edition or something. Right, like that. right. And I just was so disappointed. I played it like a couple times. The game was trash when it came out this is so bad right a year later a year later i hear people saying it got fixed it got fixed i'm like dude that's got trauma attached again i'm not gonna like (laughs) install it i don't care if it got fixed i I pre-ordered it what fix your game before you put it out right right i'm not a test market i gave you my money yeah jesus christ i can tell you too from uh uh working at uh doing hard drive during that stuff when it came out i forget exactly how it broke down it was like uh, people were just pissed off because again, yeah, it's like the sixty dollars game. But also, if you're going to get unlock some of the good characters, you either have to grind out for like an absurd amount of hours. You know, like you have to put forty hours into this game, or you could pay nine more dollars and get Han Solo. So it was just like that shakedown thing. Sure. And I think it was like it was a growing thing that people were bummed out about in games in general. But just between that being such a big game and just sort of like that being the one that blew, it just like and it's the Star Wars franchise, so that's already a lot of uh, people with intense <laughs> feelings, right? So. Yeah, that was like as a satire. I think you know, I wrote a few alone for hard drive. Like one article was, it, it shouldn't take twenty five hours to unlock that Ewok crying about his dead friend. Um, <laughs> My favorite character, though, I must yeah. have him. Right. So, do you know? I didn't know until I read. Maybe this is like almost some like you know, like inkblot test. Like, what do you see when you, cause when all my life growing up watching that Ewok cry, I thought that was like one of his parents or something. And maybe it's just like, cause like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, wait, is that sadder than just his friend? Or is yeah, it's that, funny like, when I was telling? a kid, like, I, I actually, I had Star Ewok Wars so back. memorized. I even had the alien language lines of dialogue memorized. Let me see oh, if I can yeah. pull that one out. Cause like the Ewoks are shaking him and he's like, grandma, drama, what they, and like when I was a kid, I thought he said grandma. So in Maybe my mind, that was yeah. always hey. that poor Ewok's grandmother, like when I was Which? like a real little kid. I don't know, you know, I haven't read the canon post on who that ended up actually being. But mm-hmm. so for me, it was his Which? grandmother. Which movie is it that the Ewoks trip the giant monster into the pit? That's the same one. That's Return of the, Return Return of the, of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched that on repeat when I was a little kid. Uh, that yeah. scene really stuck with me. The Ewoks tripping. The There's some, head. yeah, man. I think, yeah. like you said, you're into more of the film Star Wars. I always like Return of the Jedi for that. There was something so cool to me about like, man, these dudes are just living in the woods and they're taking out, taking down these robots. You know, like there's a really cool. Uh... Really cool, like very, very. Cause Star Wars is great as a kid to get a hold a hold of because it's like the most classic. Like, oh, this is the good stuff and this is the bad stuff. Here right. we have the big scary robots, and then here we have the teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, it is kind of oh. the Battlefront that's on like uh, PS2. I think was really ahead of its time. It was a really amazing game. I remember playing that a lot. Um, that one came out what, about ten hard. years ago or something. 
I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it was on like the original Xbox and then also PS2 at the same time. Yeah, and then that was part of it too with the EA thing. That was yet another log on the fire is that people like rightfully love those Battlefront games. Yeah. Really, like, oh, really you're bringing can. Battlefront? That's almost like you're like really kind of. That's like Goldeneye or something. Yeah. Right, like, exactly. Like there's like a, uh, an aura around it. Like, oh, people love yeah. that almost. I mean, that's like, kind of like making a great loved franchise of a trilogy of films and then coming back <laughs> 20 years later and making a trilogy yeah, of films that look like uh, yeah. they were made by Mickey Mouse taking a dump. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, can't imagine good, what I'm referring I, to there, but you know, right? That's a great connection that I never quite thought of, but it is pretty like history repeats yeah, itself. Yeah, it's, it's like it's poetry, right point, it rhymes, it? you know. I know. So, Here we are, acting surprised about it. Yeah. Uh, so um, but, I played, you know, a little bit of the uh, uh, Super Nintendo Star Wars games, the Super like Empire games. Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah. They are insanely yeah. difficult. I, I played them There's, recently yeah. again. And I remember just how frustrating they are. They're so simple, but just the timing and everything, but. You know what? What has been your experience uh, with other Star Wars games aside from Battlefront, which has a lot of controversy? But are there any other Star Wars games you've played that you've enjoyed or hated equally? <laughs> I, I like those ones you said. Those Super Nintendo, the platformers of the trilogy were really cool. I remember you mentioned it. Their difficulty, so that makes me feel better because my memory is. Uh... However, I had it from a game magazine or not. I had, like, what, was it a cheat code to get lives? Or you can kind of turn on, like, that options menu and just kind of, like, give yourself... It was like a cheat power, code to, you know? to restart, right? You get to yeah, a level and was... then you need a cheat code to stay back there, yeah. I just, yeah, I loved, like, so I guess I wasn't doing, you know, I know I know there's a satisfaction to be had about beating a hard game, but I think I just liked the movie so much that I really, like, for it being on Super Nintendo, it was, like, a, pretty cool. Like, you know, a lot of the, the little cutscenes in between and just the right. graphics were really impressive. So I like just, like, putting on that infinite live mode on those and running through them and... I really liked how it would change levels. You know, like it would be mostly a very difficult platformer, but then at the end you would be flying through the Death Star. You know what I mean? They would give you an X-Wing level or a land speeder level. So again, for like the time, I thought those games were really cool and had a lot going on. So yeah, definitely those just Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi on the Super Dude, Nintendo. You know what? You know what Star Wars game I put a lot of hours into and was like <laughs> a really big part of my uh, like childhood growing up? Wow. It was... Um, Star Wars Episode One Racer for Dreamcast. Mm. You guys remember that one? Dream, I say a Dreamcast. I, yeah. I may have did been you, into did the you play that one? Similar, I played one on Nintendo 64, so it was like the pod racing, right? right? It was pod racing. Yeah. Uh, I think that was for Dreamcast. I think that was the title. But it was, a, it was a pod racing one, and it was the same time that movie came out where they had the, uh, like, the pod with the two – uh, like pieces to it, and then it was going through that like crevasse, and it turned up on its side. You know that like kind of iconic. It was also where, very mm-hmm. difficult, as I recall. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but it was really cool though. You went and you like I think you toured around racing and beating people and upgrading your your pod. And uh, my brothers and I played the shit out of that game. Uh, <laughs> I loved that one. That was like that was I was one of the best games on my Dreamcast for me. Um, I like to. I think. Um... I think there was one on the 64 and one on the GameCube that I bo- enjoyed uh, the Rogue Squadron games a lot. The um... what were those ones? Uh, Rogue Squadron's like uh, like a kind of a, a, a flight. You know, like you're an X-wing or a Y-wing or different. You know, you're playing as a uh, uh, you know the the X-wing, the Rebels. Um, so it's a mm. lot of like you know flying around action type stuff. Oh, really cool controls. yeah. Cool like x-axis like swinger you know like doing cool like somewhere in space sometimes you're just like hovering over a planet but just like flight missions and uh you know that th- that stuff was a lot of fun too i know I there's like I... a i know there's like a wave of earlier like tie fighter and different flight games for the pc that are very like well regarded but i don't really those super nintendo ones i was talking about as far back as i go did you did either of you play the star wars 
real-time strategy. I think that game existed. Do you remember when real-time strategies for the PC were really popular and they had, like, skins of almost everything? Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think I've, I've seen it. I, I uh, think i played that. Um, so I'm going to run through a list of a couple games and just using, you know, your experience inside, like, like give me the first thing you think of when you hear the name. So, um, uh, Mark, go with, the, go with mm-hmm. you for the first one. Yoda Stories for Game Boy Color. Oh, man. Yoda Stories for Game Boy Color. Well, that the, 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 the system itself tells me that it's, like, probably from the early to mid-90s, right? So that that's, uh, oh, I don't know. Never played it. No, didn't, didn't, not, not sure. Yeah. Guys, Game Boy Color up. was, like, a specific moment. Like, towards the end of the Game Boy's life, they injected color. And then shortly after that, I think they just went on to Game Boy Advance and everything. So I don't know if I ever had a Game Boy Color. Man, Game Boy Advance was a killer system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Star Wars Empire at War. I played that one as well. It came okay. out in Okay. Oh, that was the real time the one the real time yeah. one you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I play. I turned out I played a decent chunk of Star Wars game. I think I played all the Battlefronts. Um, How about uh, Shadows of the Empire for N sixty four? Oh yeah, that's one I remember going to my friend. That I think that was like if it wasn't a launch title, it was at the very least an early title for the sixty four. Because I remember that was kind of the one after the buzz died down on Mario sixty four. It's like, all right, what else is going on? And that had. I remember thinking it was kind a lot of, of first-person stuff in that one. It was interesting, yeah, because it was another one that you did some flight stuff and you did some runaround stuff. And I think I thought the middle of it was kind of boring. But I remember it starts with Hoth, which is just fun, and it's been in forty-eight different video games, but it's always going <laughs> to yeah, be right, fun. Right. You know, it's just almost like a staple. It's like you've got to have a Hoth level. It's like you got to have a ballad in your so you got to have a Hoth level in your game. <laughs> so that, and then I think at the very end, because the whole thing—it's interesting because it was playing between Empire and Return of the Jedi. So it starts with Hoth, and then the end, you know, you go off on your whole other adventure, and then at the end, you're there for all, like, the Death Star stuff. So I remember, like, in the beginning and the end of that game quite a bit. All right, this one is really a, a pull. If you got this one, I'm going to be very impressed. Star Wars Super Bombad Racing. Well, I don't. I, I plead <laughs> guilty to not knowing what a Bombad is. So Bombad, I think, is a reference to Jar Jar Binks and the way he talks, like, Super Bombad, you know? It's kind of like, <laughs> uh, like yeah. that. I guess that means intense or you know bad or something but um mm-hmm. so it's kind of very cartoonish like even if you look at like the uh the picture you can see it's sort of like a comic book cover oh, almost yeah. like right um but yeah neither of you guys played that one it was canceled oh, like, no, too. it looks like kind of like a it looks like a mario kart ripoff a little bit yeah yeah i think it's a problem mm-hmm. with uh you know when you just said skinning games and i mean i think that's a problem with a lot of uh you know, titles now that are tied into a film property or something. I mean, the yeah, games yeah. themselves end up feeling a bit tired, and it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Star Wars is the sort of thing where it's like you. I mean, Star Wars Tetris. You ever played it? You know, it's a, everything. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I just recently, you know, really uh, diving into writing about video games uh, and, and kind of so trying to know about that world as opposed to just like playing a bunch of games. It's like I've really learned in the last you know, a few years, a, a, a reason that makes it t- total sense to me about why a lot of those tie-in games stink is like, cause they can't, they can't delay them. You know, like how many great games get delayed for a year, but it's like, sorry, man, like you're, 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 you know, Toy Story 3 game. It has to come out the weekend. Toy Story 3 comes out. There's no way around that. So yep. that's the problem too. It's just the production kind of cycle of them. Don't. Yeah. Is there any star Wars game that's known as the dud? Other than I mean, the recent one, I was gonna say the. Recent I mean, I think Battlefront ones. really is the one that everyone talks about, right? I, I mean, wonder if there's any like throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, there must be what forty, fifty games or something. I wonder right. if there's yeah. any really particularly bad. Yeah. yeah, I read. This is like kind of a nerdy technical answer, but the the I was mentioning those Rogue Squadron games. People hate the port of it that made it to Steam. You know what I mean? So oh, it's okay. like, 
kind of a thing. People want a legit way to play it, and I guess you know. And this is just all if you if you believe the hype. Which why would we do that? Sure, uh, it's dangerous to do that. But that's what they have you have you think. I'm trying. Yeah, to this this podcast is super niche. Dude, we're talking complaining about Star Wars port, old just... Star Wars game ports <laughs> on Steam. Hey, that's a big problem. You gotta you gotta find your audience somewhere. We <laughs> we do have it. three yeah, very very so. dedicated <laughs> listeners. So. Yeah. Uh, um, do you know what I like too? Even though I think I like the first time I played it, I was like, "Get out of here! This can't be real. This is the dumbest thing." But I am a—I am since then a longtime fan of the Lego Star Wars franchise. Of oh, games. those are fun! I have played that those one. Are, just... um, the uh, uh, the Wii, the Nintendo Wii version. I played oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Dropped a lot of hours on that one. It's very good. Yeah, very fun. It's just like almost like sometimes you play games that are really re- require whether it's a lot of strategy or they're just like intense or something. You know, it's kind of fun just to like. It's a very light fun game in the best way possible i want a game i can drink some beer while i'm playing it and it doesn't affect my decision making or play that's a good point too where it's like you can be you know or like you can play with someone that doesn't know it doesn't it suck to like like you know what's gone is like going to your friend's house and be like oh this is the fighting game you play let me play too because like you know it's like this game you have to like spend a week learning it and being good at it and stuff like that so yeah it's nice that it's just very casual i think i gotta i have a confession i don't think i've ever played a lego game oh man yeah. They're like good dumb fun, you know. You were never you were never allowed to play with Legos, probably. I mean, you you said your parents they were going to starve you anyway on the street, so they probably didn't give you Legos anyway, right? So. <laughs> True. So, nah, man, I used to love playing with Legos. That was like one of my main things I did as a kid. We had a slide, and we would build uh, different Lego cars and drop them at the same time on the slide and see whichever one dropped fastest. It was a race. I'm just dude. I guess guys, this whole podcast I just understood him. Yeah. So who do you um, think who do you think is the most punk rock uh, Star Wars character? Think about it for a second. Oh, you guys got time? Jar Jar Binks. No one likes him. Jar Jar Binks. Okay, well, let's let's think of uh, original. All the time. Original. Got some stupid hair. No one likes him. He can't. He always stuff. <laughs> he's like can't be in the army. You know, he's always like falling out of the ship and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't care. I'm going to think about it, but I'm probably not going to come up with a better one than that. No. I mean, I think Jar Jar Binks is sort of the, like, you know, if you ever play that game, um, Apples to Apples, and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Helen Keller card always wins, right? Like, yeah. no matter what it is, Helen, it's Jar Jar sure. Binks is sort of the Helen Keller card of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about anything, it's the, you know, Jar Jar trumps anything else. Like The Stormtroopers are the skinheads. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. They're, They're kind of like the, um, what do you They're call? all white. Shiny tops on their heads. Mm-hmm. The Sharpies, no right? Good. The uh, you know the the vegan straight edge kids. You know they're like the stormtroopers. Yeah. What about? Is, I mean, is Han Solo pretty punk rock, or am I am I giving him too much credit? I'm trying to think through if it tracks or not. There's no like, way Han Solo's band is better than Jar Jar Binks' band. Jar Jar <laughs> Binks played plays in an aggressive, hyper political D beat band. Clearly. Absolutely, yeah, you're right. I can see Jar Jar with a microphone and just running around like a crazy person. Yeah, what about like Boba right. Fett? I mean, he's pretty punk rock. I think he's got he, he's got the attitude of a punk for sure. I mean, he's not going to take think, anything yeah. from anybody, you know. Look, man, I here's think... a real question: Who's got the lowest IQ? That's the most punk person. <laughs> <laughs> like, Great. Is Chewbacca smart? Do we know about that or not? Is he a smart Wookie? As far as Wookies go, I think he's technically intelligent. I don't know how his emotional intelligence stacks up there, but there again, I mean, with a punk rock, it doesn't really matter. I mean, punks have the emotional intelligence know, of a of a Wookie anyway. So everything, everything Chewbacca screams sounds the same. So it's probably <laughs> he would be a great frontman for a punk band. Like, yeah. he's a little too kind. He's always kind of kind. You're right. 
We oh, actually yeah. did a version of him singing the uh, thong song, you know, um, and, and it worked out great. It did a MIDI sample of him, and that, that track has gotten a lot of plays. So. That's wonderful. That I think he's nice. more of like that hip-hop kind of dirgy sort of uh, electronic. Edit vibe. that into the end of this podcast so I can listen to it when I listen back. There you go. I'll, I'll try to send it to you. But um, Great. Well, is there anything else you guys want to add? I mean, we, we at uh, Faking Star Wars know that, that you've sort of uh, expanded your, um, you know, your take on Star Wars. But right now, I think it's sort of tied in with your gaming section or website. And, I mean, if you have any interest in expanding, uh, you know, just your Star Wars area, we would be really thrilled to work with you guys in the future. I mean, we have a lot of content already that we've produced with some of our contributors, but we're always producing more. Um, we have a huge Twitter presence um, so, you know, yeah. I don't know where you're thinking the site's going. I mean, are you, are you trying to diversify? Or are you trying to, you know, you said you always are kind of shifting, right, based on, on what you're doing next. But, you know, one of the funny things is that when uh, when we started our website, the hard times before hard drive existed, we did a couple Star Wars articles and we just immediately realized whenever you touch on Star Wars, you usually get a pretty good response. Right. It's like Internet internet gold. Uh, got mm-hmm. some big, big fan pages who share it and support. Um, yeah, man. Definitely email me. I'm always open to talk about stuff like that. Cool, cool. Yeah, and I mean, Hard Drive was envisioned as kind of like, you know, be video games and like other nerd stuff. Like, that's pretty much video games and like in Star Wars. That's like the top dog. Like, Marvel might have kind of gotten into that space a little bit now, but you know what I mean? Just as far yeah. as like, like Matt said, it's just like there's such, there's uh, so much crossover once you start talking about video games and everything else too and anything. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like Very we're sort big, of coming uh, from like the opposite ends of a pyramid. So you guys were a little bit broad in terms of like the punk umbrella. You could kind of you know do a lot of different stories, a lot of different areas, and you know gaming, music, uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, film, TV. And now you're sort of trying to you know get get to that point where you have a very good local presence on all those issues. Whereas you know Star Wars, faking Star Wars, we started with a very 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 specific point. We make fun of fake news about. Star Wars. I mean, we create fake mm-hmm. news about Star Wars movies, and now we're yeah. trying to sort of expand outwards. The problem is our brand is purely Star Wars. That's what we do. That's what we love. Um, and right. so we've mm-hmm. tried different ways to sort of bring in other media properties and, and talk about them in the context of Star Wars. But I think we're 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 sort of in that vein. Um, but we're you know we're always happy to collaborate and work ourselves. You know, your fans are like. I follow this page for Star Wars content online. Only, yeah, right, yeah. What are you doing talking about Marvel or you know whatever? Right, of course. You betrayed me. So, but anyway, it's interesting. We, if we're doing a podcast, I think you know this is really where uh, I get a chance to nerd out. But but also, I mean. It's gratifying to know there are people out there listening who don't even like Star Wars. I mean, I was asked to be on a radio show a couple of months ago, a guy who just thought it was funny. I mean, he not That's a huge great. Star Wars fan. He just he's a mm-hmm. DJ and he does like a home improvement thing and he's like, "Will you will you call in a Storm Duper and be on the radio show, you know?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. sure." So, he's like he's That's like standing badass. invitation anytime you want. So, that kind of thing is cool. You should yeah, overdo that... it. You should come on way too often to, to kick you out of the studio. I know, right? Yeah. Call them up every Saturday morning <laughs> like, oh, no, it's that guy again, right? <laughs> well, final plugs. Uh, you know you guys have a lot going on. What do you want our listeners to get at? To Where can they get at you? Where can they find you? Uh, what what property? Hopefully what they don't you... find me because that would be very uh, disconcerting. Um, I, uh... <laughs> thehardtimes.net backslash podcasts with an S on the end. That's uh, the home of our new podcast network. We have two shows. I'm on one. Mark's on one. we got more coming up in the future. We're very excited about it. You should check that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then just all things hard times. Go, go to hard times. And from there, you can find hard drive. 
podcast, everything, everything going on. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for having us on. This was very cool. Been a pleasure. Absolutely. Fun. So we'll have you back sometime soon. I hope so. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, it's so great to meet you, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Are you a man baby who hates The Last Jedi? Does the very thought of Ryan Johnson or Kathleen Kennedy piss you off to no end? Well, now you can relieve yourself all over The Last Jedi whenever nature calls. Introducing the Porg Urinal, the world's most comfortable way to pee all over Ryan Johnson's controversial film. Here's how it works. Whenever you need to whizzle, simply aim at the giant pork and go pee-pee with your wee-wee. And since the pork urinal is completely portable, you don't even have to leave the basement anymore to drain the lizard on The Last Jedi. The pork urinal is super sanitary, too, thanks to space-age technology designed to prevent any backsplash. Every last wrap of your angry urine is guaranteed to slide down the pork's face and into the drain. And urine luck. Right now, for a limited time, if you buy one pork urinal, you'll get a second one at half price. Perfect for pissing matches between you and your man-baby friends. After all, there's nothing better than talking about your shared hatred of The Last Jedi while going number one next to your number one. Act now, because these pork urinals are selling out fast, thanks to all the fake accounts downvoting this product without actually purchasing it. We can now bring it to you at the very low price of $9.99. Order now, and you'll also receive a 10-pack of Kathleen Kennedy urinal cakes absolutely free while supplies last. Mmm, wow. Kathleen's... Uh urinal cakes you know i heard that they're gluten-free and the fondant on them is quite creamy and delicious and they're great in fondue stays crunchy (laughs) in blue milk fantastic menthol flavor you know wonderful galactic faking news well ig and teeb that sound means it's we've got a galactic faking news bulletin hot off the presses all right uh you know a lot of people very upset about the uh battlefront ea game have either either of you played that one i refuse to buy that i've played other battlefront games um and i've played loads of uh similar star wars uh computer games but i i will not i'm not giving ea any more of my money I have was... bought it. I haven't bought two though. I I got the first one when it came out and was it was a hot really mess? Excited about it, but then they just basically you got to have money to to get successful, and it just gets to be annoying. So you you basically buy just the frame of the game, and then to actually play it, you got to pump in a ton of cash, right? Well, if you want to be successful, because everybody else has got all the you know. The, it reminds the, me of the, the time I went paintballing, you know, and we paid like 10 bucks to play paintball and they gave you this tiny little pea shooter and they stick you in this dark, dark room with no lights with some dude who comes in with like the submachine gun. And he just starts <laughs> ripping you open, you know, it's like, what the heck? It's exactly what it's like. Oh, geez. 
Well, yeah, that's why I never played that game either. I mean, I, I don't want to be humiliated uh, in too many ways. I'll play against the computer, but I won't play against the people because that's what it, that's exactly what it's like. And you just get you're dropped into the melee and you're instantly dead unless you have, you know, level 1000 armor or something like that. It's ridiculous. It's like, would you like to play Jeopardy? Okay, here's your opponent, Ken Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> and and Deep but Blue, you Here's know? the problem with the game. You can't uh, if you're only playing with the computer like what you get how many maps? 3 4? Yeah, you don't get a lot. There's nothing to do. There's a couple hours of content and that's it. And you're like, oh, okay. So the actual <laughs> game is in the PvP modes with uh, where you need to, right. you know, buy all of your loot chests right. and stuff. With all of the, it's all microtransactions. I, I yeah, that's, that's why I didn't, I didn't bother with it. I've so, never seen a good review of the game. Ooh, you can have fun with it. It's just a matter of you really have to gonna hide behind a lot of stuff i don't know how to say it. It, it it's not as fun as it as it should be because a lot of people just uh saturate it with um you know all the all the upgrades and everything like that and it just gets to be kind of ridiculous well according to recent news in battlefront 2 there is actually a little bit of an upgrade coming uh a very beloved character um, you know, he's a little coarse around the edges. Uh, he kind of gets everywhere in the plot of the film, uh, but he's going to be making his appearance in Battlefront 2. Can you guess who it is? I can. I want to see if IG can. Uh, I, I, see, I, I don't know. I don't know who's already in the game because I, I didn't buy it. Well, uh, It's Jar Jar Binks, isn't it? Let me read you some dialogue that actually makes it way it makes its way into the game. Uh I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Watto? <laughs> no, that's that's Anakin talking to Padme. Wait, oh god, that's right. They're putting and, in and based on in teenage a, teenage Anakin. That's right. He's going to be oh, in wow. Battlefront, and based on a petition on Reddit, Dice have actually put this line of dialogue into the game after getting over 6600 upvotes on reddit they have confirmed that anakin actually when he's on jakku or tatooine in the game is going to be saying that line about hating sand well that's a big waste of time and money at least he's not saying it to padme yes well she's saying it over her her decaying corpse on better context in this case yeah well, I was going to say maybe they should add Padme then so he can, you know, betray her and force choke her. And or, her. or just talk about sand to her until she just shoots herself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, as long as it gets the job done. Take the lessons in the Star Wars universe as, as what they are, uh, moral tales of not to be repeated. So, And uh, if you're going to die, make sure that your death has significance that's all i'm saying absolutely we're gonna end up in the bottom of that sarlacc pit i can feel it i thought we were already there we're just digging deeper deeper don't you hear the screams that's the sarlacc because we've hit the bottom like you know muscle that it uses to anchor into the ground i don't even want to know what that muscle's like well that's all for this week Tell the listeners where they can find us, Storm Duper. 
Well, you can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars. And, of course, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Faking Star Wars. If you want to submit a question for us on Twitter, use the hashtag at FSW Radio, and we may read it next week. You can get official FSW t-shirts and other gear on tpublic.com slash user slash Faking Star Wars. If you like, you can follow Storm Duper at Duper Storm. And you can follow me at T Brontor, T E E B R O N T R. And be sure to follow FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram too. If you like what you hear and want to support what we do, you can visit www.patreon.com slash faking Star Wars and sign up to become a patron. You not only support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you love, but you also get a reward. Join us for as little as one buck a month. Be like Darth Taxus, who joined us at the Fake Jedi Night here. <laughs> Join our Discord server. Darth Taxus is the only person who's ever joined our Patreon, by the way. <laughs> nice. Keep just keep promoting him. I, don't I think know. there's two. All right, ready? Maybe three. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Join our Discord server. I duck in there from time to time, and there is a huge community of figures there ready to do battle with you over any issue in the galaxy. Discord server bit.ly slash FSW Discord. Yeah, the FSW Discord is actually really, really active. Um, it's so active that I can't duck in there for more than five minutes a week because there are so many incredible people faking in that community right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, and if all of those people in the Discord chat actually sent uh, an email to everyone they know asking them to write a review of the podcast, we'd probably be number one on iTunes. <laughs> Speaking of reviews, have you written us a review yet? If not, never listen again. You are barred from downloading the podcast. Uh, however, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. The reason for that is because it helps us to get into the lives of people who have yet to be ruined by Faking Star Wars Radio. If you write a funny review and screenshot it and send it to me on Twitter, I will definitely read it on an upcoming episode. So far, guys, no one has taken me up on that offer. I'm not sure why. As always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and our followers for listening. And of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time. Thanks a lot, IG. I thought you did a good job there. Yeah. T, you know, you did okay. <laughs>